Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. This week we started the 28-day challenge to help you improve your vocabulary. And at the start of the challenge I did a YouTube video, which you can watch, where you can see my 28 ways to improve your vocabulary. Um, I am going to take that down and edit it soon so that by the end of this challenge we will have a final version and there's no PDF yet because it's still really a work in progress. As we go through each day of the challenge, I'm learning stuff from everybody in the group. They're telling me what things they use and I'm finding really helpful stuff that I can put into the PDF at the end of the course. But at the moment, there are still 28 ways and a few links on my website that you can access now. And I'll add to that as we go through the course. So I'm going to see how far I get today with these 28 things. Because to be honest, I could do one podcast on each of these items. So let's see how far we get. First of all, most important, make a fresh start. Buy a notebook that you like and that you won't lose. So it's no good having scraps of paper or ugly notebooks, flimsy notebooks. Get something hard backed and commit to it. Decide that this is the notebook where you will make a huge difference to your vocabulary by the way you write things in it, the way you record things and the way you use it to review. So buy something bright and colourful or make a nice cover for yourself and use this, keep it with you at all times. Make sure you can carry it in your bag and make sure that you can quickly access it when you need to. Um, in this book, you could put, for example, my mind maps, you know, you could print them up out and stick them in and other things that we're going to talk about today. So the notebook and how you record your vocabulary is absolutely essential. And I put that as number one on my list. Now, the second one relates to um, a poll that I did on Instagram stories yesterday. I was quite shocked by the results. Um, I thought possibly people don't use paper dictionaries anymore. I thought probably they've gone out of fashion. Why do you need one when you can quickly check the word on Google? And so I did a poll and the first choice was, well, the question was, which kind of dictionary do you use? The first choice was a learner English-English dictionary. And when I say English-English, I mean, of course, that the word is in English and the definition is in English. It's not a translated uh, def definition or dictionary. So the first choice was an English-English learner dictionary. Second was just an online dictionary. Third was Google Translate. And fourth was none of the above. I never use a dictionary. Well, the reason I was quite shocked was, well, first of all, the number of people who never use a dictionary. 
I think out of about, um, well, they were equal. I had a quarter of the people never use a dictionary. Um, a quarter use a learner, learner, learner English dictionary. A quarter use online. And okay, this isn't exact figures. It's not finished yet. But most people used Google Translate. So more like 350 used Google Translate and then 250 um, used the others. So it's about a quarter. It's not exact yet. I will find out. So, of course, the problems with Google Translate is, well, you know the problems. Of course, you can quickly check a word and the benefit is you can check the pronunciation. But that's all, really, um, that you need to do more with that and you need to find out other things about that word. So things like um, what does it collocate with? What words does it go with? Um, how do you pronounce it? Um, oh, okay, so you can listen to the pronunciation, but it doesn't give you any long-term skills. Whereas if you use a dictionary, it has the phonemic alphabet, which means you can find a sound in that word that is maybe difficult for you, maybe the weak sound, the schwa, then you can hear it when you play online, when you play that sound online. But then you'll remember it because you will know, well, that is the sound that I need to look out for when I check words in my dictionary. So the dictionary brings you so much more. It because it's a learner dictionary, it tells you what are the common mistakes, what are the false friends, um, what kind of grammar, is it an adjective, noun, what prepositions follow it, things like that. Um, really, that long term will have a huge impact on your vocabulary and on every other area of your learning. Because when you when you get an English definition of an English word, that gives you more vocabulary because you're writing the English definition, which is accurate, of course, gives you synonyms. Um, and it's just constantly building your vocabulary. So that is the second, maybe the first most important thing is is the getting a good learner dictionary that's number two maybe it should be number one i don't know what do you think so number three is to really engage with what the symbols of the dictionary mean even if it's online and you find that there are symbols like for example the word pollution says n u so it really helps to know that N is a noun, of course, and U is uncountable. So it takes a singular um, in the sentence. For example, pollution is having a detrimental effect on the quality of life in cities. So make sure you write the words in sentences like that and you've checked the type of word that it is and that you've written this with your uh, word you've written noun uncountable in your notebook and also that you've written other forms of the word. So for this, you've got pollute, polluter, 
pollution, polluted and pollutant. All of those, you've immediately got five or six new words and a way of describing that word and using it in a sentence. So start building up from each single word. And also, sorry, one last thing in the dictionary is this word pollution is in pink. And I didn't know exactly what that meant. So I checked and it tells me that this is one of the most, the 3000 most common words in English. Can you believe it? So now I know that this word is important and I must learn it. It also says W2 after it. And that means it's one of the 2,000 most common words used in written English. So obviously it's quite a formal word and one that I need to know. That's what the dictionary tells you. You could check on Google Translate, but it won't tell you if that word is important. A dictionary will. So again, I strongly recommend a dictionary. And number four is related to the pronunciation. I mentioned before, the way they write the words in the dictionary will help you with lots of aspects of that pronunciation. First of all, they write the syllable stress. So they tell you where you should stress. For example, the second syllable in pollution. They also tell you that that makes the first sound weak, not pollution, but pollution. They also tell you that, um, what else? <laughs> Hang on, I'm looking at my notes. Okay, so they also, that's right, the American version. So there's the word polluter, which is a person or organization, polluter, we say in Britain, but in America they say polluter with a er at the end. Sorry, American, if you're listening. Um, so that tells you that there are two different pronunciations, but it's not polluter, it's polluter or polluter. Um, so again, knowing those symbols, you can learn about them, you can find interactive phonemic charts. There's a very good Macmillan one. You can see the link in my post. And there's also a pronunciation app that you can get for your phone. And then in my group, they showed me today, there's something called Youglish, Y-O-U-G-L-I-S-H. And it's YouTube videos. You put the word pollution in and it gives you literally hundreds of videos where people use that word. So it lets you hear it in context and pronounce it accurately and then remember it more easily, I guess. There's also something called Forvo, F-O-R-V-O. So thank you very much to Maria for suggesting that to us. Oh, and I forgot to say thank you to Alex for suggesting the Youglish um, link. Thank you to Alex and Maria for suggesting lots of things like that, which help everybody. Thank you. Okay, so day five for us is tomorrow. Today's day four is Thursday. Day five um, is all about spelling patterns, basically word formation. Um, 
for example, again, following patterns of spelling, like all the words that end in shun, like education, educate, education, donate, donation, pollute, pollution, emit, emission. Um, so this is number five about what you can do to build your vocabulary and make it more accurate. There are certain predictable patterns in the listening gap fill. Many of my students tell me I got the right answer, but I spelt it wrongly. So a lot of the answers follow these patterns. So T-I-O-N endings or S-I-O-N endings they test. And very often words with irregular patterns like long, length and lengthen, strong, strength and strengthen. Um, you need to know those. There's no doubt about it. Uh, today I even did reading and the gap fill answer was mice, the plural of mouse, of course, um, so even those simple lists of mouse and mice and goose and geese, because they're irregular, um, IELTS tests them. It's a way of them knowing how advanced you are if you can use, okay, we know the basic mouse, but do you know the more advanced mice? They test you on those things. Number six, what you can do is write words which come before um, the word itself. So we're talking now about collocation. So with the word polluted, um, the dictionary will tell you, you can say heavily polluted, but you can't say strongly polluted. And of course, the best way, the quickest way to improve your vocabulary for IELTS or for anything is to learn words together so you don't need to worry and think about it when you're under test conditions. So it's very easy to learn to say my city is heavily polluted is much better than my city is polluted. There are lots of fixed academic phrases like this, which you can learn basically from texts, from the IELTS texts, reading, listening, tape scripts, uh, model essays. And I, of course, recommend that you always learn new words from their context. And let me give you some examples um, to ease traffic congestion. So three words, ease traffic congestion. Learn that as a phrase. To reverse global warming, to tackle climate change. All of those are easily memorable as chunks of language rather than individual words. And the thing about where can you get all of these words um, I talked about a little bit in the webinar. Um, teachers often say, well, read a good newspaper. That's great. But again, how do you know which words you should store and keep? Um, my student, uh, Felipe, he came to me the other day with three words from the Telegraph, very high level newspaper. And the three words were oust, uh, to oust a president, to wrest, W-R-E-S-T, power from somebody. There were three words that were kind of very good, but you would never use them um, 
I don't think in an in an IELTS test. Um, and you might not even need to know them. So again, the dictionary will show you how common these words are and where you are likely to find them. Um, that's, yes. So, so one thing about my vocabulary challenge is that I choose those IELTS words that I have checked a hundred times that they've come up in IELTS tests. So that will save you time. You don't have to read every newspaper and learn everything. Um, on my website, you can find a list of 50 academic collocations. There's a link there in this same uh, post. Also, number seven, write down what comes after a word. What preposition does it need? Does it need ing verb or an infinitive verb? So, for example, I'd rather go, I'd prefer to go, or I'd rather you went. They all change after. Eight, find synonyms, but be very careful and double check their use. So, in a good dictionary, English English dictionary, you will find uh, a synonym. In English, of course, and you know that that is therefore correct. But sometimes people just take the first thing they see. So clear, for example, a synonym you could find online is lucid. But you cannot say the graph lucidly shows. You can say the graph clearly shows or it can be clearly seen but you can't say it can be lucidly seen. It's completely wrong, even though the word is the same meaning. So in an English-English dictionary, you can see that the words are the correct ones for the context. Number nine, we talked about synonyms. Now let's talk about antonyms, the opposite. So for example, equal, um, you can have unequal or inequal. Which one? Well, I had to check that and it turns out that both are okay. But for equality, it's only inequality but not inequality. <laughs> That's not my main point. My main point is that if you have a word like patient, then you need impatient is negative. Convenient, inconvenient. Gives you a completely different set of words that you can use um, more freely once you've checked them. Number 10, check the style or the register of the word. Um, dictionaries will tell you if they are slang, uh, impolite, um, old-fashioned, for example. So... I see the word kids in task two very often. It's completely inappropriate for academic writing. You should only use the word children. And again, you can find lists of formal and informal versions in this post on my website. Number 11, you should learn about prefixes and their meanings. So prefix like, you know, repeat, the re means again. Um, prefixes like disaster, um, disturb, they obviously negative, disrupt. Um, 
will help you guess those words from context, just from that first part of the word. So looking at useful lists of those, and I'm making one at the moment, which I will add. Number 11, no, sorry, number 12, word origins, quite similar to the idea of prefixes. So a word origin like aqua, the root is the root of a word. Um, Aqua, you know, means water. And you get words in IELTS like aquifer, aqueduct or aquatic. So they're not prefixes exactly, but that root word aqua helps you know it's related to water. Or terra, meaning earth, will give you words like terrestrial, terrace, terrain and territory. All right, we're moving on to number 13. If I can find my page, number 13. Sorry, I just printed these out and they're stuck together. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. Um, 13. Make your own mind maps. Now, this second half, we're looking at reviewing um, your vocabulary. The first half looked at ways you can learn new words and record them and guess them. Now it's how to review them. And some theories say that you need to engage with a word in some way 12 times before it actually sticks. So you might want to see that word in 12 different contexts. Could be reading, listening, writing, speaking before you actually get the full meaning and full realisation of how it's used in the ways we talked about. So one way to do this could be to make your own mind maps. This is number 13. You know I love mind maps and I they've got scientific evidence to back them up. Um, it's probably better if you make your own the way they make sense to you. Um, you know I've got one on my website, the environmental mind map. That is the key one you need to learn. But I do have a few more in the Members Academy. I made those by collecting all the words I'd seen over the years, basically in the answers or in the questions or the the reading topics. And they are absolutely essential words you need to know and be able to use for a high IELTS score. There are different ways of reviewing vocabulary. They all work. Number 14 is a vocabulary bag. I use these in class. Each new word um, we write on a card and on the other side we write something relevant to that word. So it could be simply a definition from the English English Dictionary. It could be a synonym. It could be an antonym, could be word form. So one side says pollute, the other side says pollution. Could be the pronunciation, maybe silent letters, maybe false friends. It all depends on that word and what is important about that word. So we review these words and test each other daily. We start off with an easy test. You see the word, what does it mean? Then next day we do it the other way around. We look at the definition and try to remember the word. The more we do that, the more it sticks. 
15 right words in a sentence that you can use. We mentioned using and taking words from context and that is vitally important to help your memory but also to help you use everything you've learnt in the test. So we mentioned pollution is having a detrimental effect on the quality of life in cities. You could use that in your speaking or writing. So try to write sentences that you think will be useful um, for production rather than just passive understanding. 16. You need a reliable review system. My class has me. I always, first thing in the lesson, review vocabulary. End of the week, vocabulary, throw away the ones we've learnt, keep the ones and then test, quick spelling test. You need to find a system that works for you. So 17 is to get somebody to help you or test you. This could be an accountability partner, maybe who's somebody who's doing the test with you in class maybe, or somebody in your family who knows how important it is to you, and somebody who's happy to sit down with you maybe for 10, 20 minutes a week or a day, and help test you on those new words. This will make learning much more fun and memorable and interactive. Then number 18 is to find memory aids for words that you always forget. We all have these kind of blind spots. Um, Mine is the word business. I always want to spell it like build with a B-U-I at the start. Of course it's wrong, the spelling is busyness and I have to every time I write this word remind myself that it comes from busy plus ness, like happiness, busyness. That's how I remember it. Other examples are, you know, the word desert and dessert Some people remember dessert is sweet, so it has two sugars and two S's, whereas dessert has only S for sand. So there are lots of ways like that to help you remember them. Number 19, find an app or online system that you like. Um, I'm sure I will find more of these as the challenge goes on, but the two I know from experience are uh, Quizlet, that allows you to create your own flashcards and quizzes. Takes a bit of time, but maybe worth it. Let me know. And another one called Ulangi, U-L-A-N-G-I. Um, both are free as far as I can see. 20. Audio record the words onto your phone. This is a bit more of a hassle. Maybe put aside 10 or 20 minutes a day to look at your list of new words and record them on the phone. I've got an app called Voice Recorder. Simple app. You just record and keep it on your phone. Then maybe when you're out, you can listen to them um, as just as a quick review. 21. Find a reading source that is suitable for IELTS. I talked about newspapers before, 
And some people say that you should only read things that you enjoy reading for pleasure. I have to slightly disagree about that for IELTS because IELTS texts are usually, well, the academic tests, they are factual, formal and mostly academic. Um, So you need to get used to that style of writing and reading if you're going to make progress. So my advice is to focus on IELTS texts when you're preparing. Just use the IELTS texts. They are tested, they are graded and they are the right level and topic for you if you're taking the test. 22. Find a listening source that is suitable for IELTS. You need to find a high quality podcast. You've already found that, of course, you're listening to it. It's mine. And a news channel, possibly the BBC Four radio channel would be the best place. But also you can find YouTube videos um, and TED Talks um, where they maybe describe a scientific process um, with illustrations and subtitles. Again, I have a lot of these as listed. I've found them for you. And thank you again to Maria who suggested ASAP Science, which has these kind of three-minute YouTube videos um, related to IELTS topics. So I will add that as soon as possible to this um, post. 23. Use only high-quality websites. Um, There's hundreds of IELTS websites out there, Um, not all of them great. So use ones that you trust. BBC Learning English is always good. British Council Learn English is always good. And of course, IELTS Liz, everybody knows, is a very high-quality website, especially for IELTS. 24, we're nearly there. Only use high-quality newspapers. Okay, I'm going to skip this one because I've already talked about the importance of choosing good, um, reliable sources. 25, this is where it gets down to you. If you've listened this far, it shows me that you are totally committed to improving and that you're able to study by yourself and you have the right motivation. This is my tip number 25. You have to do all of that for yourself. You have to develop independent learning skills that you will keep forever. Nobody can do the work for you. You have to do the research, you have to recall, you have to review, you have to write it down in a way that will ultimately lead you towards your goal. And I can see you're already doing that. Other ways of doing this, number 26, is to check things out for yourself. If you ask somebody, they'll tell you, you'll forget it. If you find out for yourself, you are much more likely to remember it. It will be more meaningful. There's a great website for checking words called ludwig.guru. 
Again, check out my post on my website. There's a link to that. It helps you check if you've got the right word or the right combination. You don't need to um, email anybody. (laughs) You can find that out for yourself. 27, this is where there's a few more things. Things like putting post-it notes around the house, listening to song lyrics, some people say... Uh, watching videos some people say that's all good once you've done everything else but number 28 is possibly the best thing you can do if you want to improve your vocabulary specifically for the IELTS test and that of course is to join my vocabulary course where everything all of this has done been done for you but you have to just do the writing the notes and reviewing. I can't do that for you, but I give you the words, I give you the topics, the readings, the listenings, the tips, the model answers, the speaking, everything in one place. So you don't waste any time looking around. It's all there for you. The course will start again. I'm not sure when, um, but once we've finished and perfected this course, I will run it again. But it may not be until July. So if you want to get access to that whole course without any restrictions, you can get that in the Members Academy, where every single course is included, plus all live lessons, feedback, private Facebook group and uh, a course to deal with every aspect of IELTS that you need and to save you time and money and energy looking around elsewhere. All right, thank you very much for getting to number 28. You've done really, really well. Well done. I hope you'll put that into practice and do come and tell me how you're getting along, what you're doing, what dictionary you're using, how you're using it, how you're reviewing it and how you're making and measuring your progress. Thanks ever so much for listening. I do really appreciate your support for the podcast and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.